we have this huge gap of you know not being especially for women not being in tune with their with their own bodies and sexuality because there's been so much shame around it and so I'm such a big advocate for like self-love and self-pleasure and self-touch because that is exactly where we start to learn about our own bodies Hello and welcome to the Intimate podcast. My name is Celeste December and I'm the CEO of Intimate. We just launched our 7-day intimacy program with guided audio experiences by women for women to explore intimacy and pleasure with yourself in the comfort of your own bed. If that sounds interesting, make sure you get yourself on board and purchase the program through the link in the description. In this episode, I talk with Alejandra Wells Peña and she is the CEO and founder of The Fifth House, a sex education platform for adults that provides taboo-breaking resources both offline and online. In this episode, we talk about the shame around pleasure, the orgasm gap, and why the desire to rip your partner's clothes off might disappear in long-term relationships. We share about the importance of aftercare and intimacy and what you can learn from principles in BDSM to generate more safety in the bathroom. We also shine a light on the shadow side of the hookup culture and Alejandra shares the advice she would give her 10-year younger self around intimacy. Enjoy. All right, lovely people. I am here with Alejandra Welsh-Pena and she is the amazing woman behind the fifth house the fifth house is a sex education platform for adults and i just want to say welcome alejandra thank you so much i'm very excited to be on your podcast today i'm so excited to have you here do you want to introduce yourself a little bit yeah of course so i'm the founder of the fifth house which we founded about a year and a half ago just during during the pandemic actually And it all kind of came about because I've been extremely interested in like human sexuality and psychology and anything that kind of like is taboo and that's, yeah, very provocative and difficult to talk about that skirts around like the boundaries of what should be said and what shouldn't be said. Then these things like totally fascinate me. And then I picked up a book by Esther Perel and I kind of never looked back. Mm -hmm. And then I guess everyone has their own sort of personal attachment to why they might start something. And I am half British, half Venezuelan. So I was brought up in like two totally different cultures. Mm-hmm. Also, we, I was brought up in different countries around the world and continents like Southeast Asia, the Middle East, South America, Europe. So I've literally like seen every kind of culture and every kind of, you know, yeah, country. But the, th- the thing that is really in common is the, the topic around sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be common and common thread in every one of those countries Mm -hmm. Uh, and the fact that like pleasure is definitely not spoken about sex definitely isn't spoken about Mm -hmm. these kind of like male versus female dichotomy of power yeah which sadly is still very strong today and it was just crazy that you know despite what culture and country and continent I was living on nobody could have the confidence to speak up around their their sexuality and that's not something that we ever had control over Mm. so that's kind of like the journey that I wanted to take and kind of make a global change and yes shift the narrative that you know pleasure is something that we can be in control of 
And pleasure is a, our birthright and that we should really strive for that. And we shouldn't be ashamed of it, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you definitely know because you're on the exact same journey <laughs> <laughs> and life mission. <laughs> That's also how we found each other. It's, yeah. It's, it's Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I, I, I deeply, deeply resonate. And so beautiful how you describe how you saw so many different cultures and backgrounds and different countries and basically funnel it down for yourself to the essence right like the the shame around pleasure and sex and not speaking about it and that you found now a way for yourself to break the paradigm and be on that mission to to shift that globally yeah definitely yeah what does it look like how do you do that what does it look like Yeah, good question. So the platform itself, the fifth yeah. house, is kind of, it's an online and offline hybrid platform of experiences. So you can find anything from courses and workshops on the online platform to doing in-person events. We might do talks and, and workshops in festivals or at private events and things like that. So it's really the center and core of it is basically unlearning the sex negative, negative scripts that we've been brought up with because to some degree we've all kind of been raised in this similar society and which has been impacted by like old religious systems and beliefs so we all kind of carry some form of shame no matter how like evolved we are in our journey through our sexuality so the kind of work that we do is really the fundamentals of sexuality and it's unlearning everything that we've been taught mm -hmm. even if it's subconsciously like mm -hmm. in the media that we've been experiencing or through the like the messaging that we've been mm -hmm. had getting from tv and news and stuff like that and it's about like rebuilding a sex positive relationship with ourselves so that then we can carry that into a, a positive relationship with our partners wow yeah so it's everything from really understanding where our voice comes from and our mm -hmm. sexuality and looking at who raised us, how we were raised. And then once we're able to understand how we sit, it, then we can start to build upon that. And then we'll touch on things like our anatomy, mm -hmm. but from a pleasure perspective, because in our sex education at school, if we even had sex yes. education at school, it was very much like anatomical, scientific, uh, or scientific, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very sanitized like nothing about pleasure it was all just like these are the facts you know this is what your vulva looks like or sorry not even vulva they'd call it vagina yeah. and penis so yeah, yeah yeah it's really about now we're relearning about our anatomy but from a pleasure perspective so you know this is the cervix and this is where your g-spot is and this is this can create pleasure and this is how you might be able to square it and this is the prostate for men for example and this is a real erogenous zone and pleasure area so like once you start to understand what's going on down there like first of all if you have a vulva you probably don't know what's going down there because you know it's not out there to be seen we really have yes. to inspect it and we still have kind of shame around looking at ourselves down there so it's about you know understanding our our anatomy from a from a pleasure perspective so that we know how to arouse ourselves and yeah. how to arouse uh, you know our partners as well mm -hmm. so you know we touch on so many things relationship styles obviously there's I'm going off on tangents so please tell me when to like 
went to beer but you know anything from relationship styles because we understand that you know monogamy is kind of the main one that we all have to prescribe to especially in first mm-hmm. world countries but that's only one option there's so many other ways to to experience yeah. relationships and none of them are wrong you know and they're all suited to different people so it's also we also like try to introduce different ways of having what's relationships. possible what's available exactly. that's what I, what I hear you say like hey did you even know that this was possible and just making people aware of their own bodies and and experiencing different flavors of pleasure so that they can integrate that exactly exactly yeah yeah it's really about just like giving the options and putting it out there to allow people to understand or just to challenge themselves and be like Mm -hmm. oh this is another way of thinking or Okay, maybe that's why my relationships weren't going right, because that's not who I am essentially as a person, but there is another way to do it. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I love what you're sharing. Oh, yeah. I love also what you share specifically around like coming from the pleasure perspective, right? If you look at society at large, what I see play out also a lot with my clients and all the women that I talk to is that there is so much shame around like expressing what you actually deep, deep, deep down desire. And then there is also the layer of not even knowing what that is because there is so much disconnection going on. Totally, totally. Yeah, which reflects in so much, if you ask me, unnecessary suffering. Yeah. I mean, we have such, especially women, we have kind of been conditioned to please and that's what until like the 50s like it was only a couple of years like decades ago that we were really in this submissive role constantly of having to to give pleasure and sex wasn't about our own pleasure it was about giving so you know these things don't shift overnight and it takes like generations to to understand like actually we are in control of our own pleasure and we do deserve our own pleasure and sometimes it's okay to just fully receive and, and not, you know, feel yeah. like we have to give back in return. This is especially common in cis heterosexual relationships. Oh, so I'm much. talking about specifically. Yeah. Because you see that in the orgasm gap, which is, mm-hmm. I can go, I don't, do you want me to go into the orgasm gap? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Basically yeah. it's for the people yeah. who listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No basically it's the disparity of orgasms in cis heterosexual relationships that females women are not experiencing nearly the same amount of orgasm during sexual penetration as men are they men almost have a hundred percent rate and women much much lower than that however if you see gay couples gay women and gay men they're the ones having the more more of the so you can see that there's definitely this big gap and why is that gap happening and it's really because mm-hmm. women one are afraid to express themselves sexually and two men feel like they have to be the dominant one so they not ever feel uncomfortable to ask is this what you like is that how you feel because they feel like you know society tells them you should know you're supposed to know so then we have on one side these women who don't know because they haven't figured it out for themselves mm. and on this other side the men who think they have to know so they're too embarrassed to ask what do you actually want yes so you know we have this huge gap of you know not being especially for women not being in tune with their with their own bodies and sexuality because there's been so much shame around it and so I'm such a big advocate for like self-love and self-pleasure and self-touch because that is exactly where we start to learn about our own bodies 
And, you know, even if we are in a situation, I've been so many times when I was younger in a situation where I was in the bedroom and the guy would be like, does this feel good? What do you want me to do? How would you like me to touch you? And I'd be like, no, 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 it's good whatever you're doing because I wouldn't know what to tell him otherwise. Yes. So I would just say, yeah, you know, you get on with it. I don't know. Until I started really like making it a point to touch myself, feel myself see what's what what's good what's not good what do I enjoy what do I not enjoy and then even showing my partner exactly what, what I want and what yeah, yeah yeah um which is why I really love mutual masturbation because you can just sit in front of your partner and show them exactly how you love to be touched and it's an extremely arousing visual for your partner to see so it's like a win-win and it's you know it's really fun for both people And that's kind of how I like to start off my sexual journey with a new partner, Mm -hmm. uh, because also it takes off the pressure of penetration. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so safe because you're totally in control of of your body and what's happening at the moment. Yeah. 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 And you have the power to, to be, you know, displaying exactly what, what you like. Wow. That's a beautiful way. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) It's so beautiful that you say that because also what I notice for myself is that specifically if I just zoom out like when I just started my own sexual journey I was I was 13 I was super young yeah <laughs> like yeah, really yeah. really young and it was exactly as you described like I had no idea and I felt so ashamed to even talk about masturbation or any of those oh, things yeah. and then I would just buy into, not buy into, but just allow the man to do whatever they wanted and then even fake it that I like it because I didn't want to make them insecure and all those things versus now. Yeah. And by just self-pleasuring, I discovered so much. And just just having that playful approach in my own bathroom with myself. Right. God, I am able... I, I don't even need a partner anymore, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get you, but even just allowing yourself to. to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do want to. Yeah. But, the, but the big difference is, is first it became, it came from a place of disconnection and then trying to connect to other people. But I was so disconnected from myself. 100%, but you're not alone. Yeah. Like this is I, so yeah. common. Yeah, And I think the majority of us as women it are is. feeling exactly what you describe. It is. And that's also, for me, it was the seed of, of this whole thing. What I'm building right now is just yeah. to let women experience that connection with themselves and to explore that, like, like what do you like? What do you, don't you like? And Absolutely. And I think also a strong part is what do you like? What don't you like? But also allowing yourself to enjoy because I remember when I was first discovering masturbation Mm -hmm. well first of all you're so impressionable as a teenager I was having this conversation with with a guy friend of mine in a chemistry class in high school when I was like 14 years old and he was talking about masturbation I was like what is that I have no idea yeah and then he was telling me you know it's this thing that guys do and they like and you know makes them have an orgasm and then something comes out of their penis and like it's really pleasurable and I was like oh can girls do it and he was like yeah girls can do it but they don't really do it that much and they shouldn't really do it and they do it when they're older like when they're 16 and 17 so then my whole like teen years I thought oh 
well, I can't touch myself then until I'm a bit older. And every time I would kind of like start playing around there, I would be ashamed. And I'd be like, no, 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 I shouldn't because girls shouldn't be doing that. And I remember even, you know, when I'd get my period and I started using tampons, even inserting a tampon would be really pleasurable. And I'd kind of like start playing around with that. But again, always with this shame of like, no, I shouldn't be feeling this pleasure and I shouldn't be, you know, touching myself around there. And that really carries on through, I don't like, I didn't have an orgasm by myself until I was about 23 and that was partnered. And then I didn't have a self orgasm by myself until I was about 27 because I was so ashamed mm. of that pleasure that I was giving to myself. So yeah, it really is about allowing yourself to feel pleasure. Wow. What was the yeah. first step that you took for yourself in the journey into allowing yourself to feel that pleasure? Yeah, good question. I mean, as I got older, I kept hearing about orgasms, orgasm, orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is that? I really want to experience that. And so I opened myself up really sexually because I was, I was kind of on this quest to have an orgasm. But what I didn't realize is that I'd had this like mental block from like my teen years of, you know, you shouldn't be touching yourself because only guys do that. And you shouldn't, you sh just certainly shouldn't be receiving pleasure from it. So even though I had it in the back of my head and I was trying all the different things like toys and partners, mm. it wasn't until I had like, until I felt safe with a boyfriend, because I didn't have a boyfriend until I was quite late. 23 was when I had a boyfriend, which is the first time I experienced an orgasm. And mm. that's when I had like a secure, constant partner who, you know, I was then able to like develop a connection with intimacy, with safety. And I feel like, especially for women, the most important part in feeling pleasure and allowing themselves to feel pleasure is safety mm. and not feel like you know they they're in this for because they feel like their body's being used as a tool or because they you know what I mean and it's very common for, for women to feel like that so safety is one of the biggest comfort zones in allowing pleasure mm. to happen and so that's that's basically like when I was able to to let go and have have my first orgasm and wow it was fucking amazing <laughs> wow that's beautiful yeah 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 I yeah. also love what you say about safety how you see safety is that there is that that safety within yourself but also safety in terms of outside circumstances as in in relation to somebody else or maybe even the place you're in or like yeah. all the things outwards. Can you maybe share what that looked like for you on the beginning of your journey, both like in yourself as well as your outside circumstances? Maybe that's really interesting. Yeah, so sex is way more comfortable, complicated than just this turns me on or this turns me off. You know, and I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Emily Nagofsky, but she is this amazing doctor who works around arousal and desire. And she she wrote this book, Come As You Are, and it talks about like context is it is a huge factor in in arousal, especially women's arousal, because, you know, men is kind of more and I don't want to, you know, make a blanket statement over this, but generally mm. it's more of a primal instinct. So you know, it's much easier to get aroused. You don't need to have the, the external context of like, 
is this the right setting? Am I with the right person? Mm. Am I am I feeling comfortable? Am I being, you know, mentally and physically aroused and stimulated? So it really is for most of us, there's two kinds of desires. There's like responsive desire and spontaneous desire. And a spontaneous desire is that kind of like primal instinct of Mm. like, you see this person in front of you and you just like, can't wait to rip their clothes off. And it just happens like spontaneously and like that. And you see that often in the movies and TV. And that's, that's the kind of arousal that we aspire to have and we expect to have. So like when we were in a relationship for a while and we're not experiencing this like spontaneous desire, we're like, "Uh Oh, what's wrong with us? Our libido has gone. Honeymoon phase is over, but actually it's not true. Most of us, the majority of us and the majority of women actually fall into responsive desire, which is needing a stimulant that then causes a response to become aroused. So it could be anything from like sending a sexy text message Mm -hmm. or like, you know, caressing your neck or sucking your nipples, you know, it needs a kind of reaction for then you to become aroused. And Mm -hmm. that's actually how most of us respond to, to sexual desire. And so, yeah, it's really, it was a combination of like understanding the context of being aroused and also feeling completely emotionally secure. Like this person worships my body. This Mm -hmm. person wants to make me feel aroused. This person is not expecting me to give anything back and really, really prioritizes my own pleasure. And then secondly, like, as I said before, Mm -hmm. exploring my own body and Mm -hmm. understanding like, okay, it's actually really normal that I don't come from penetration alone. Most women don't come from penetration alone. So I need to try that with other things. Maybe I need to be like rubbing my clitoris as I'm riding him, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe my, my nipples are super sensitive. So my nipples almost all the time need to be like stimulated whilst where me and a partner are being like engaging in and sex Mm -hmm. so understanding that as well like it's totally normal to to feel pleasure in different ways Mm -hmm. and just the safety of being able to like explore all of that and then so important and this is one thing that is very common in BDSM scenes which I love and there's so much that we can learn from like kinky BDSM that we can pull into like vanilla relationships is this this kind of term is called aftercare and it's so basically there's kind of three steps in BDSM and it's negotiation where you guys before even getting into a scene a scene is like when you start playing and, and start engaging in, in the act so you have negotiation which is where you sit down and talk talk to each other like what are your boundaries what do you like what do you not like how far can I go then that you also insert your safe word which for me I've never like I don't need a safe word because I'm not really practicing BSM. But, you know, even the even the act of saying like, hey, what are you into? Or like, is there anything that I really mm-hmm. cannot go like, you know, maybe you don't like anal at all, so I won't go there anywhere near there. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have that kind of conversation. And then you have the scene, which is the act of like playing and, and you know, experiencing and exploring. And then you have aftercare. And aftercare is so important, especially yeah. in BDSM, because you have like, you, you can be doing some extreme things within BDSM. And so you're you know your hormones and everything are going up and down and you're arousing like yeah yeah like and then so aftercare is basically that moment where you take with the two of you or three or however many people you are and you just kind of like unwind and decompress and you do it together and you like 
sit in that moment and you enjoy each other. And maybe it looks like me going to grab my partner a glass of water or us putting on some music or us just holding each other for a few minutes or us talking to each other or us maybe not talking to each other and just lying there in silence and, you know, holding each other. Yeah. And that for me is an extremely important part of sex. Sex does not finish for me when, you know, somebody orgasms. Yeah. This is also... Because if that doesn't happen and I f- and the person just walks off and f- finishes like an abrupt ending to, to the beautiful session that we've just had, it negates everything that happened beforehand, right? Yeah. So I really need the aftercare part to, to happen and super important for us to like feel like we've both gone through the motions all together from start to finish. To end, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. <laughs> actually that hooks in I already told you before we started like recording Mm. into what I experienced actually this weekend I went really 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 deep with a Mm -hmm. very yeah dear dear person that's dear to me yeah and man if I go into into to sex or sensuality and and having that physical exchange and specifically with penetration i go mm. i travel galaxies like universes totally. i do and then after that i didn't know that there was a time frame usually i'm really clear in like setting the space and boundaries and all of that and it's really clear like what kind of space we enter into and this time mm. it ended so abrupt like apparently we just needed to to almost immediately go afterwards yeah and my whole body went into a trauma response and yeah almost to the degree of a panic attack and and yeah. I know how to go to that go through that and what's going on on the back end <laughs> like how to to guide myself through but I can imagine that yeah that's that's definitely something that we need to talk about more because what I Definitely. found out in that moment is that there were different expectations and, and that I didn't bring that up up front, like how important that is for me. Of course, of course. Yeah. And then I actually figured it out with, with, with this person that he didn't feel like holding that space afterwards at all. And then I was like, then I cannot go this deep with you at all. Because yeah. I don't do, do casual sex. If you, if you go with me that deep, then... I I need that aftercare. I I need that, and otherwise yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, because it, you know it can bring up a lot of feelings and and sensations. And like you said, you kind of like fell into this trauma response. You know, there's been many occasions where I've also had this kind of like yeah very quick meaningless sex, and then afterwards you feel kind of disposable and and not connected with your own body, and it's a horrible feeling. It and, is. And so, yeah, it's really important that we make sure that we get that because there's been a huge energetical exchange, no it matter is. how casual or how deep your relationship is, yeah. we still need to honor that, mm-hmm. that we've been through this journey together. And so yeah. we don't want to feel like strangers after it. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And with this specific person, I have been in a relationship for many, many years. So we, we did have like a deep connection and and foundation and then we we just figure that out like oh wait we actually don't know each other on this point Mm, yeah that was really interesting to to notice 
Yeah. Because before it was so, so normal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also, what I always do when I go through this process is just like zooming out and trying to see what's what's playing out also on a global level like what what is this also reflecting in the rest of the world Mm. and then I also felt so deeply how much suffering there is because we don't understand this principle right of that that deep exchange and how important it also is to bring that to a closure as well until all the emotions all fell yeah yeah and then I also realized also looking at at like the the dating apps and all those things that and also casual sex as in like like hook up hook up so wait <laughs> hookups and all all those things or, or people who are friends with benefits that I think we all have a story in which you decided you wanted to be friends with benefits and then somebody gets feelings and then actually feeling so ashamed of that like mutually yeah. like this is not what we agreed upon or oh mm-hmm. shit I get feelings. Mm-hmm. And can mm-hmm. we just please break that and make it a normal thing? Because that's how we design are designed as human beings. Yeah, there's yeah. this huge kind of taboo, especially with like there's a huge hookup culture in like yeah. the gender, and that's that's super common now. And then one thing of pride is to within this hookup culture is to not have feelings involved kind of like oh I'm able to do this and you know look at my body count how many people I've said with that's kind of the trophy and so with that comes no feelings and detachment so we've kind of normalized like oh I can have casual sex and it doesn't affect me like look at me but when it when it comes down to the research done by Peggy Ornstein who's an amazing like author and doctor and I really love her work (laughs) and she's been going it and she delves into like this hookup culture and she says that even though women and girls and teenagers feel more angry and frustrated by they'll still have they'll still do the hookup the random hookups Mm. but they still they feel angry and frustrated by like the lack of connection and then when speaking to the guys it turns out that they also feel exactly the same way Mm. but social status almost beats like moral and emotional you know feelings because it's so much more important to to have the social status than to than to feel emotionally and so what we need to try and do is to normalize like emotions and speaking about them and that it's okay to fall for somebody if you're having deep emotional interactions with them in fact it's likely going to happen so how do we so how do we talk about it and not feel ashamed to say I've I've actually really formed for you I actually really enjoy what's going on here and I'd like to talk about that yeah because you know a lot of the times it could be that the other person is feeling the exact same way and they don't want to say anything either yeah but if they're not feeling the same way then how do you take how like what do you do next then let's talk about it together so that nobody gets hurt here or so that nobody is suppressing their feelings and swallowing exactly how they feel because that's just going to cause a horrible like manifest terrible energy and if it doesn't come out like emotionally it it will come out physically yeah you know it's happened to me before where I've been like suppressing something that's been hurting me for you know in a relationship I just thought that I wasn't able to speak my mind because I didn't want to be difficult complicated I didn't want to you know change the situation in our friends 
friends have been I didn't want to be the one to ruin it so I just swallowed everything and I made sure I didn't say anything I wanted to keep the peace and I didn't want to be the drama queen mm. and you know the stress that it caused me I ended up it ended up manifesting physically in different ways I was I was constantly having headaches and migraines fainting I then it then manifested with like vaginal issues like bacterial vaginosis candida to the point where I then even couldn't have sex so my mm. body was even talking to me like yeah. you, need to, you need to speak your truth because you know she doesn't like it and she's not letting you have sex and she's like mm. you, know, you know I was getting all these infections all the time not even if I had like it was just the amount of cortisol that was running through my body the stress hormone yeah. was just like it was on overdrive and I you know it was coming out physically wow our bodies are always talking to us huh yeah and we have to listen to our bodies like we're somatic creatures beings so so we really need to listen to that so again it comes to I was telling you before like in our teachings we have these three pillars which is communication consent and pleasure and you know communication is a really huge one in, in a situation like friends with benefits and the beautiful thing about friends with benefits is that mm. you get to have like this incredible experience with the person that you're so close to and that you know so well so you feel safe and comfortable with them and there's no pressure on the situation you know oh we're hooking up but you know if I meet someone else then I can you know I can start a relationship with someone that I actually want to be with but you know what happens when like both of you or one of you then starts to catch feels and the other one doesn't necessarily it's normal and it happens all the time there's no like magic pill that be like okay now you both like each other or now you both don't like no. each other so the idea is communicate and how do we go forward with it do we end the engagement there do we talk about like what should be done or should we like add in maybe boundaries like you know maybe we're only allowed to sleep with certain people in certain times you know so it's really about the communication aspect of it it is and communication starts with the connection to yourself connection to yourself exactly <laughs> you're going full circle here yeah it's beautiful and okay, as soon as you Yeah. yeah, go on. I was just going to say, as soon as you start feeling like you're not fully speaking your truth anymore, that's when you know you need to start having a conversation. Yeah. How does it feel when you're not feeling like when you're not speaking your truth? I guess in some ways it's different for everyone, but I think it's very similar for most people. Like you start to feel like you can't say everything that you've feel like you want to say for fear for fear of you know breaking up the current situation mm -hmm. things start to make you feel uncomfortable or you feel a shift within the friendship kind of thing and you feel like it's one-sided I think it's mostly about the moment when you start to feel like oh that I didn't realize I was going to feel that way about about this situation mm. you, you know maybe you see your friend hooking up with someone else and it, and it causes something and you're not able to speak out about it You know, I think that's when that's when, you know, like that you need to speak yeah. your truth and that your feelings do matter just because you have friends with benefits set up. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get jealous. It doesn't mean that something's not going to shock you or hurt you. Yeah. All your feelings are valid. So speak, speak them. I love that. Speak your yeah. feelings. Yeah. Huh. I have one more question for you. Yeah, go ahead that I ask everybody on this podcast if you tune into yourself 10 years ago 
and imagine what your life was like back then mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself around intimacy self-pleasure and self-love oh, say no <laughs> that was really one of my biggest ones like as you were saying just speaking your truth I felt as when I was younger I really felt like I needed to always people please hmm. and sometimes that would take away from my own self and my own pleasure and so <clears throat> if there's yeah if there's one biggest thing that I could tell is to my like 10 year old 10 year ago old self would be like setting your boundaries And saying no and yes when you really feel it and mean it is going to make you feel so much comfort more comfortable within yourself because you know you're always being authentic to yourself and to your feelings and nobody will cross those boundaries if you set them and no one will not love you anymore or not stop liking you or in fact if anything you gain more respect because you have such strong boundaries and you know exactly who you are and what you are and what you want And so I think sometimes I would get myself into situations where I was just constantly trying to people please. And then at the end of it, feel like, oh, why did I do that? That's mm. not who I am. Mm. So, yeah, it's really understanding my boundaries. And that's one of the biggest, like, that's one of the things that we, we teach on our course is like boundary setting. In. And it's funny that we're having to learn this now at this age and not when, you know, when we were growing up. Growing up. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because, you know, If we had complete autonomy over an agency over our own selves and our own bodies and how we feel about things, it would make such a difference in how we're able to like feel internally about ourselves and our self-confidence yeah. and our self-worth and our individualism. Yes. So, you know, we're always learning, but that would have been a nice little shortcut that I would have liked to have when I was in my <laughs> early 20s. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Alejandra. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. you If too. people are like, wow, I am so interested in, in, in this woman, where can we find you? Yeah, so I guess our biggest platform would be if you find us on Instagram, it's, it's at the fifth house with the number five. And then from there, you can go to our website where we have all of our, all of our events upcoming online and offline. So wherever in the world you are, the, I'm sure there's something for you. We have a course coming up in, in London, mid-July, and then we have an, our online one coming up in, in September, which you can join from anywhere. So yeah, I guess what, what we really do there is because sexuality is such a social concept, we can give you like all the peer review studies that we can find and all the ideas and concepts to back up what we're teaching. But at the, at the end of the day, it's not about the facts. It's about like how you interpret them and how what you want to do with them so that you can like carry them forward in your sexual experience and to interpret and take away the information that we give you and align it with your own values. Yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for the amazing work that you do. Thank you. Likewise. <sighs> Thank you. It's been so fun talking to you. And yes with your listeners <laughs> thank you so much alejandra talk to you soon yeah.